Generation Church, based in the beautiful Rex Theater in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Florida. Our hope is that today's teaching will encourage and equip you to be firm in faith, to fulfill the call of God in your life, and to finish well. Grab your Bible, open up your notes app, and let's dive in. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. But whoever does the will of God abides forever. Children, it is the last hour. And as you heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they are all not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you have all knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and it is true, and is no lie, just as it has taught you, Abide in him. All right. Thank you, Hiram, so much. Give Hiram a hand. I have uh, really enjoyed um, these last 10 weeks. We've hosted a small group, and uh, Susan and Hiram uh, led the group and led the Bible study, and really been uh, a joy getting to know them better. So if you don't know them, find a way to connect with them and get to know them better. Uh, great, great, great folks. So um, good morning. I'm excited to be here with you today and uh, unpack this passage of scripture. So um, we've been, as Pastor Roger said, in this series for a couple weeks and uh, we still got a few few weeks more. So um, it's, it's going to take us basically up to our Christmas Eve service and there's still a lot more good stuff to come in this in this book. So um, I'm going go to the word in pl- go to the Lord in prayer if you'll join me <clears throat> and then we'll dig in. Lord God, we come before you and uh, just uh, with an attitude of gratitude, Lord, we're so thankful, Father, for all that we have, all that you've done for us. Um, And right now, Lord, just the opportunity to come together, uh, worship with one another, um, and uh, hear from you, God. I pray right now, Lord, that you would just uh, take all the studying and preparation that I've done over the last few weeks and uh, just, just 
make it yours, Lord. I want this, this, everything that I say to be you and not me, um, Lord, that we could really all <clears throat> come closer to you uh, through what we're studying this morning. And um, we just give you this time. I thank you for my friends here. Just ask that you will, um, through the Holy Spirit, really illuminate <clears throat> uh, the deepest parts of our heart and the darkest parts of our heart where uh, maybe we need to make some changes and maybe we need to draw closer to you, Lord. I pray that you'll just uh, equip us um, with all that, all that you have, Lord, to, to do the good works that you have for us, Father. I thank you for it, and we give you the rest of this service in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We are in this series called Are You Sure? And it's a, it's a deep study of the, the book of 1 John. <clears throat> and the title comes from uh, the, kind of the key scripture and what really our passion is for this series. And it's out of the, uh, the fifth chapter, verse 13. And it says, I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal Life. So that last phrase there, that you may know that you have eternal life, is really our heart for you guys and uh, everybody who listens to this message, whether it's now, online, here in person, or even if you're listening in the future, we just pray that you would know that you have eternal life. So it's been a really good, good, uh, <clears throat> good couple weeks so far. I love how Pastor Roger kicked it off and introduced to us really the background and the, the times that John was in when he was writing this. Uh, and it's, it's really, just, really just an incredible, incredible book, even 1 John 2 and 3, which we won't get to. But um, <clears throat> dig in deeper, dig in deep, and really, really study um, the Word of God. And that's what we're here to do. Amen? So we're going to break this out down today into two sections. Oh, yeah, and if you have your outline, get ready. So these things are, we print these out every week so that you will have somewhere to uh, take notes and somewhere to maybe, you see there's a lot of margin and space in there to write in whatever God's showing to you. And uh, hopefully you, you know, hang on to these and let these uh, maybe speak to you throughout the week. But also um, we keep ours. We have a giant folder now, probably maybe a few folders um, of all the message notes that have come through over the many years we've been at this church. And so sometimes from time to time, me and Chelsea will go back and look at it. And um, it's, it's really interesting to just see how different seasons of life, God shares different things through maybe the same scriptures. Isn't that cool how God's word is alive? So <clears throat> these are for you. Hopefully you um, take advantage of those and that's helpful for you. Uh, but we're going we're gonna to dig in here and break it down, like I said, into two sections. The first section is verses 15 through 17, where John is teaching us, do not love the world or the things in this world. So when I read that, I'm sure each and every one of us uh, kind of goes maybe a different place in our mind and thinks about, well, what, what could he be talking about with the world? Um, now, the world is not people, okay? The wor- well, obviously, we are called, as we're going to see later on in the series, we are called to love people. Um, we're called to love people where they're at. We're called to love people who um, aren't believers. We're called to love believers. We're called to love every person in the world. Um, but really what this is talking about with the world <clears throat> is more of um, culture and more of the world system, as we're going to see. So um, a good way to try to figure out what the Bible's telling us is look at the original language. So the Old Testament was written in Hebrew. The New Testament was written in Greek originally. And the word that is translated as the world is cosmon, cosmon from the Greek uh, or cosmos. And it literally means something ordered. So something ordered, so something planned, something devised, right? Um, an ordered system like the universe and creation, the world. So it's, it's 
the system of the world. It's, it's not <clears throat> the people in the world. It's the culture. It's the mindset of the world. And um, it's talked about a lot in the Bible. And uh, we just have to learn how um, over time in a journey to learn this and constant, as we're going to see, constant work to keep maintain this. But um, we've got to be in the world, but not of the world and not allow the world to take root in our life. And we have to let God take root, as we're going to see. Um, I read this out of Matthew Henry's commentary on this verse, and I just could not not share it because it's so good. It says, the world draws the heart from God. So the world draws our hearts from God. And the more the love of the world prevails, the more the love of God decays. So we've got to find a way to be in the world but not love the world and the things of the world. And so um, continually be looking and trying to really introspectively see, okay, how is the world impacting my life? How is the world taking root in my life? And that's really what I want us to, as we get started in this, is throughout this whole message, um, we really need to be thinking about our own personal walk with the Lord, thinking about the things we do, thinking about the things that we allow in our life, the things that um, let we allow to take root in our life, and really be honest with ourselves. Because um, I think one of the biggest problems and difficulties in walking with the Lord is that we're, we're kind of good at deceiving ourselves, right? We're kind of good at justifying um, the things that are not right, justifying the things in our life that we do that, are, that keep us in the world, keeping us of the world, um, and we, we've got to separate those things and really be able to <clears throat> honestly um, assess our own lives. And that, that comes through the Holy Spirit, really. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a vessel of what, what John said and what God said to John, um, but <clears throat> it's really the Holy Spirit who's going to reveal things to you. So that's my prayer for you this morning. So what does it mean to not love the world? What could we talk, be talking about with the world? So um, it could be many, many different things that... <clears throat> Um, you may have you may have issues with and things that we struggle with. Um, it could be uh, sex outside of marriage, um, alcohol addiction or drug addiction. Um, there's many many things that can take root in our lives that would be considered the world. Um, and so what we've got to just do, and we're going to look at look at some ways to avoid this. But we have to really <clears throat> really find a way to allow or be in the world but not of the world. And that's what we're going to see. You know, we're obviously here. We can't bury ourselves in a hole and hide away. That's not what God wants us to do. We have to, we have to be able to um, see things in the peripheral but really keep our focus and keep our eyes on Jesus, which we're going to talk about. <clears throat> um, but I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 6. He tells us that the eye is the lamp of the body. So what does that mean? The eye is the lamp of the body. That means that the things that we look at, the things that we see, the things that we, you know, maybe not just glance at, but the things that we keep looking at and the things that we keep listening to, the things that we allow to come into our life really are what illuminate our life and keep the light of God in us. And also, it it could also be that darkness is coming in through our eyes, through our ears. So the point here is we've got to really be cautious and really be, self-assessing in our lives. What am I allowing in? What am I watching? Uh, is it a TV show that I know I shouldn't be watching? Is it movies I shouldn't be watching? Um, is it 
the news I shouldn't be watching, whatever it may be. There's all kinds of different ways that the world um, tries to come into us, and we have, to, we have to find a way to focus and keep our eyes on Jesus. But the eye, remember that, that the eye is the lamp of the body. So um, what we let in really does determine the amount of light in our life and the amount of darkness. So um, speaking of, like, listening, I think that's really <clears throat> what we've got to be most cautious of when it comes to the world in our lives. Um, and so this section here, the first part we're going to be talking about is who are we listening to? We're, got, we're going to look at three things that the world says and three things that God says to counteract those things. Um, and obviously, um, through that, let's try to figure out a way to listen to God and not to the world. So the first thing <clears throat> is that the world says, look at me. It's all about me. Look at me. But God says, look to Jesus. Look to Jesus. So the world is going to constantly be tempting you and constantly be um, trying to puff you up to where you're going to say, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Um, we've all, always, with all of our kids, um, have tried to, because it's, it's just a natural thing. The natural thing is whenever uh, maybe somebody, one of them gets, gets talented at something or starts doing well in a game or whatever it may be, um, the, the thing is like, all right, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm awesome at basketball or I'm awesome at whatever, video games, I'm awesome at this. And, and I've always told him, no, 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 hey, don't you say you're awesome. Um, it's okay if maybe somebody else tells you you're good at something and that's, you can receive that, but you don't say it about yourself um, because the world is constantly gonna be teaching us to look at me, to, for everybody to um, see me, see me, see me. And we have to, another thing that the world really um, inspires in us through all different forms of media, but, um, you know, just the, the thought of uh, trying to have people look at you. I mean, the whole point of, like, uh, or not the whole point, but, you know, a lot of what is the negative side of social media is I'm posting things so that people will see it. Look at me. Look at me. Look at what I'm doing. Look at my life. Look at, look at all that I'm doing. Look at what I'm accomplishing. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me, right? Um, and we've so, it's so important to fight off that mindset because it's a, it's a, it's a daily struggle. It really is. Um, but the world is going to constantly be trying to get you to draw attention to yourself, whether it's through the clothes that you wear, the brands that you want to have on, uh, the car that you drive, whatever it may be. Don't focus on, look at me. Don't focus on drawing attention to yourself, but deflect attention to Jesus. Hebrews chapter two says it best, fix your eyes upon Jesus. Fix your eyes. One translation says, fix your gaze upon Jesus. So um, being obviously in the world, but of the world, we're going we're gonna to see junk, right? We're going to see things. I'm not saying uh, you have to find a way to blind your eyes. You're going to see things. But it's when you, that word gaze, when you gaze upon something, when you focus on something, when you look intently at something, is, is really what I'm talking about. We've got to look to Jesus. And that scripture goes on to say, <clears throat> that when we do fix our eyes upon Jesus, he's the founder and the perfecter of our faith. Doesn't that sound so like, ooh, man, that's good. Jesus, perfect my faith, perfect everything about me, make me new, perfect my faith in Jesus' name. So um, we cannot say like the world does, look at me. And so I, and <clears throat> here's, here's kind of my challenge for you in this section is um, to really self-assess throughout this week and just write this question down and say, what do I think about the most? What do I think about the most? Most people 
unfortunately, think about themselves the most. Um, and we really got to move away from thinking about ourselves and think about how we can um, impact other people. And, and true followers really have, um, are constantly finding this way, but they're, they're finding the way to avoid this mentality because it's going to keep on getting stronger. The world is going to keep on coming at you. Look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. But we have to look to Jesus. So let's fix our eyes on Jesus and focus on him and not have... Um, not try to draw attention to ourselves. That's number one. Number two, the world says live for yourself, but God says live for others. You're gonna notice a trend here on what the world says. It's all about yourself. Live for yourself. Do what you want. Uh, Time is short. Do what you can to enjoy life. Well, if you you really live for others, that's, that's very enjoyable too and much more rewarding. Live for others, not... For yourself, and this is all about <clears throat> the things that we do, the actions that we take, and really, um, you know, a lot of people say you can you can kind of see where someone's heart is by how they spend their money. Um, that's true, um, but an asp- another aspect that I I would like to encourage you guys with is is how you spend your time. What do we spend our time doing? What do we spend our time focusing on? Um, are we truly living for other people, or are we living for ourselves? Um, and uh, and a, a really important thought to consider in this, in this way is what is true success defined as for you? What is true success defined as? That would be your challenging question to think about for this section. What does true success look like? And truly, it's serving other people. It's, it's putting others above yourself. Um, and gosh, man, if everybody did that uh, in the world, man, think about how amazing life would be. If everybody was here serving others, everybody um, was, was putting themselves low and putting others high, that, I'm telling you, the world would change. So just be, be challenged and be thinking, how can I serve others more? Um, a, lot of, a lot of you in this room, a lot of people in this room already serve, and we are so grateful here at Generation for your service, but outside of these doors, we know everybody's, a lot of people are serving, um, but we can always step it up and always do more. And another way that's real simple, um, and it also kind of accomplishes a lot of things and wants is, is just praying for people, you know? Um, when we pray for other people, it, it shifts our mindset away from myself and shifts our attitude towards how can I help other people? Um, another kind of sub-point here <clears throat> of uh, living, living for others and not for yourself, the world is going to try to tell you that you can do life alone. At some point in your life, whether it's already occurred or it's coming, um, you're going to be tempted to break away from church, break away from other people, break away and isolate yourself um, the world's going to try to tell you that you can live by yourself and you can live on your own. And really to live for God fully, um, you really can't. Um, it's just not, it, it doesn't work. I've seen it um, in the 11 or 12 years we've been doing ministry. I've seen it so many times where somebody will break away and just say, church is not for me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be on my own and serve God by myself. And um, first of all, that's, that doesn't really line up with the Bible at all in terms of go and do the will of God and, and the, the Great Commission. We got to be with other people to do that. Um, but just the fact of when you're isolated, um, <clears throat> you give the enemy such a uh, really an easy target. Um, when we're with each other and we're together, do, going through life together is really when we're most the strongest. So um, don't allow the world to tell you that you can do life alone because we cannot do life alone. 
Um, we, uh, as you heard a little while ago, we're going to have growth track step three right after this service is over, right in this room. Um, and this is just a, a really easy, simple way. We try to, so, so everybody knows the thought of growth track. Um, really, the goal is for you to grow, okay? The growth track is not so that we can get more people serving or get more of this and that. It's really because we know that when you connect in and when you serve and when you um, grow, um, it's, it's better for, for everyone. It's, it's, that's the whole point of Growth Track is not, is not to <clears throat> you know, build our church and build our teams and build our crew, um, but it's because we know that it's going to be most impactful in your lives. And that's really what we're here for. That's what we're here to do. So um, I invite you to check out Growth Track Step 3. What, what happens in, growth, uh, in Step 3 is that you get to hear from the team leaders. You get to hear why it's important to serve, just what I just talked about, why it, when you get connected in that way, it's so powerful. Um, and, you know, a lot of people kind of come into church and think that it's, uh, it, everything's working well. There's no needs. Everything's functioning great up on the third floor. All the kids are alive and going home where they've learned some Bible verses and stuff, but... Let me tell you, it, it, we, we need some more people <laughs> um, in every area of this church. We really could use you. And that's the thing. We, I, we, we know that there's untapped potential in this congregation. We know that a lot of you are called to teach. A lot of you are called to lead. Um, and we're just trying to help, help you get there. So that's what Growth Track is all about. Um, so really think about getting connected in, <clears throat> in that way. So the world's going to tell us, number one, to look at me, but God says that we need to look to Jesus. The world also says live for yourself, but God says that we need to live for others. We gotta live for other people. And thirdly, like I said, you're gonna hear the theme. The world says I must win, but God says my will be done. I must win. It's all about me. It's all about me winning, but God's, God says that my will must be done. And um, uh, John said it so well, because I mean, I, that's what we're here to do is listen to this verse. It says, and the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. So he kind of closes that section and says, whoever does the will of God will abide forever. And so we really have to shift our focus because uh, just like I said, the world is going to be telling you, you, you need to win, you need to succeed, you need to um, do whatever it takes to get to first place, do whatever you can to climb the corporate ladder, do whatever you got to do to win. But God says, no, 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 my will be done. My will be done. Now, could you winning in certain areas of life be God's will? Yeah, sure. Uh, but it's when our focus is on me is, is, is that's the mindset of the world. But when our focus is on Jesus and our focus is on God and his will in our lives, that's when um, we're in the right place. So we have to daily, 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 daily pray for God's will to be done in your life. And God's will is kind of one of those things that <clears throat> um, can maybe be hard to understand. Um, but really uh, what I think is such a, a powerful kind of concept of God is that he doesn't, he doesn't just paint out for us the rest of our lives, right? He doesn't tell us. Now, he's going to tell you certain things that are going to happen, and you're going to, along the way, he's going to tell you things. But he doesn't just say, okay, here's what you're going to do for the next 50 years until you come up to heaven. He's not going to lay it all out for you because, why? He wants us 
He wants us to be working through this. He wants us to be going through and constantly be seeking him because he knows that that's what's gonna keep us keep us in the right frame of mind. So um, daily, we need to be praying for God's will. And what does that mean? What does that look like? What could it be? Well, I don't really have a whole lot of time to go into all that, but I know that God's will for you, there's a few things I do know, and that his, his will is for you to live for others. His will is for you uh, to focus on Jesus and not look to myself, not look to yourself. And uh, we've always constantly got to be, be searching for his will in our lives. Um, and again, this, this is, it's so easy to be tripped up and to be distracted by the world, right? Can anybody say amen to that? It's easy to be distracted by the things of the world because it's just constantly and it's going to keep on getting more and more. And the other part of it is when we do draw near to God and when we do uh, really try to dig in and, and uh, get our get our life on the right track for God. Um, there's also going to be resistance, um, so uh, we just have to know going in that hey, it's gonna it's gonna be a challenge. It's gonna be tough, um, and it's gonna take daily effort. Um, but we're gonna be able to do it. So, and here's here's what really to close this section. Here's what kind of should encourage you <clears throat> um, about overcoming the world. Um, and this is kind of a, a, a prelude to what you'll hear in a few weeks out of 1 John chapter 4, but it's 1 John 4 verse 4 says, he who is in you and he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world. So he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. So all we've been talking about with the world and what, what the world says versus what God says, he who is in you is greater. So in other words, we have what it takes. There's another super awesome scripture in 2 Peter chapter 1 that tells us we do have everything that we need to live a righteous life. So a lot of times it can feel big. A lot of times it can feel overwhelming. Can anybody ever get overwhelmed? A lot of times it can feel um, in a desperate place that we can't overcome. We can't get through things, but you can. You can because you have he who is in, who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. Amen? So we've got to really focus on not loving the world and, um, and do the will of God. That's kind of how we, how we do that. So um, that's the first section. Now we're going to jump into the second section, uh, which starts in verse 18. I'm going to read it one more time just because it's been a few minutes since we heard it last. And so here it goes. <clears throat> Children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Therefore, we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out, that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it, and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? This is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, 
And you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. Abide in him. Keep those words in the back of your brain. So um, we're talking about the Antichrist, the Antichrist but uh, John tells us that Antichrists have already come. So what does that mean? So um, <clears throat> interesting tidbit. I did a little research, and the, the term Antichrist is actually only found in John's writings, in this letter and in Revelation. Um, Paul talks about the Antichrist, but he doesn't actually call him the Antichrist. He's talking about, um, he calls him the man of sin and the son of perdition. But um, So there is going to come a day when, we, when the, the Antichrist will come, who is um, obviously the, the one who's going to rise up and come against Christ. So an, the term Antichrist really is just someone who opposes Christ or denies Christ openly or covertly, okay? Or, so covertly um, is really what we're going to focus on because I think um, someone who denies Christ openly is a little easier to know, to know of and to, to acknowledge and, and kind of obviously avoid. Um, but someone who is covertly, that's the trick. The trick is that um, <clears throat> they are, as John said, antichrists that have already come. Um, so real quick before we leave the Antichrist, I do want to kind of share a little thing that I found in some commentary as well. And it says, in the most sustained account of his appearance, and maybe write this, if you have more desire to study the coming of the Antichrist, you can look at this scripture, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1 through 12. Um, he is called the man of sin and son of perdition. He will come at a time of a general apostasy, deceive people with signs and wonders, sit in the temple of God and claim to be God himself. Finally, he will be defeated by Jesus. Woohoo! Amen! Who will destroy him by the spirit of his mouth and the brightness of his coming. So um, as we think about this scripture, about the Antichrist, um, I feel like it's so much more applicable for us today because I doubt this week we're, we're gonna encounter the Antichrist, maybe. But um, it's really more so what John talked about, how the Antichrists have already come. There's the spirit of Antichrist, which I really want to uncover and dig into, um, because that's really what's probably we're going to encounter more so um, than you know the Antichrist, the guy who's going to come and oppose Jesus. So, um, <clears throat> what could be the Antichrists of this day? What could be the Antichrists of the present day? So, um, it's a spirit. So there is so much going on in the spirit realm. Uh, that we we should be aware of and should be alert to, but um, that that really happens under under our our knowledge, and it's it's something that we really always want to be striving to know the spirit realm more. But the spirit of Antichrist, I believe, is is really all around us. Um, there are so many things, and and you know each and every one of us can kind of. Um, probably see it in our lives and probably throughout this week you're going to be reminded of this stuff but um, what I kind of came up with was just some characteristics of this spirit um, and I'm not going to maybe get necessarily specific but really kind of just warn us and that's what this uh, passage is called the warning about the antichrist but there's three characteristics of that spirit of antichrist coming against Christ and again this is um, really more so that covert you know that thing that I read earlier mentioned the covert 
um, denying of Christ, something that's opposed to Christ, but covertly. So we've got to really keep our eyes peeled and watch out for this stuff. So the first um, characteristic of this spirit is that it is deceitful. Satan is the father of lies, and every, every spirit that he sends out is, is deceitful, and it's lies. Um, so really the, the main way that we're going to be able to know what this is and acknowledge this and see this in our lives and, and avoid it and fight against it is to know the truth, right? Um, that's how John put it. He talked about the truth is in you. We have to know the truth, and the only way that we know the truth is just to continually, daily be soaking up the Word of God. Um, I can't, if anything, you, the only thing that I would say is like the most important thing that I could tell you, study and read your Bible because that's going to give you the truth that you need um, to see these spirits. We're going to actually be talking in a few weeks um, in chapter, I think, four about the discernment and seeing different spirits and being able to kind of see the spirit realm and understand what's going on and really um, I'm super excited for that, that message, and I, um, I know it's going to be really good, but it's such an important thing that we're able to see these things. And, and again, with the deceitful um, attitude of the, of the Spirit, um, we just have got to, I can't tell you anymore, to know the truth. And uh, that comes through what we were talking about earlier. Um, it obviously, time of our own with God, but really being with one another. I tell you, these last, I think, 10 weeks of, of having the small group, um, I don't know about, I know a lot of you in this room have been a part of them. It's just been so powerful for me um, because I get to, at, in, that, in my group, I'm just hosting. So I'm just, we're just getting the house ready, having a little bit of food ready. And, and so I've been able to kind of um, observe a little bit. And I, of course, I, I share here and there, but just been so encouraged by the strength that comes when we come together, when we discuss stuff with one another, when we pray with one another. Um, it's really going to help us to um, be together because this spirit of Antichrist um, will only get stronger as the days grow nearer to Jesus' return. Um, and so we've got to know the truth, and we do that by being together and working together um, to know the truth. So keep on reading your word. Keep on soaking up truth, and that'll help. The, so the second thing is the characteristic of the spirit of Antichrist is that it's dis- disrespectful. So it usurps authority. So you might encounter something that you might not be able to tell is deceitful, um, but you can kind of understand the heart of something and kind of hear maybe s- s- strong disrespect. So the, the Antichrist, when he comes, he's going to be, dis- he's going to take you th- authority, like it says there, usurps authority, takes authority. Um, and so an attitude of disrespect, an attitude of um, dishonoring, an attitude. So keep an eye out for things that, you know, as you grow closer to the Lord and as we dig into his truth, we're going to, you're going to start to, be able to get that kind of yick feel about certain things. This is one of those yick kind of feelings, disrespectful and a, a bad attitude. Somebody who, um, and something maybe, who, um, who just has a real disrespectful attitude. That's honestly one thing that uh, I think is so covert and even like kids shows and movies and stuff. Anytime I see a kid on a show, like disrespecting the parents, I'm like, turn that off. Turn that off. We don't need that. You know, that's, that's one of those things that's just so snuck in. I don't know if any other parents realize that, but so many times that snuck into, you know, Disney shows and movies and all that. And it's like, get that out of here. And my kids are like, why? What's wrong? I don't get it. But um, <clears throat> I don't know. It's just something, that disrespectful attitude. Um, I think that we, especially parents, just have to really instill in our kids to be respectful, um, to honor authority because, 
Just like I'm saying, this is the spirit of the Antichrist that, that comes and really um, it's just that yick, right? So I pray for you guys that your, the Holy Spirit will empower you to recognize these things and really, um, really be on alert for that. Um, so first characteristic of the spirit of Antichrist is deceitful. Two is disrespectful. Number three is overconfident and prideful. So this uh, Antichrist that will come will be able to see overconfidence and pride. Um, and again, it's going back to kind of the thought of the world and the world mindset. It's all about me, right? It's going to be, he's going to be prideful and even just anything that you might encounter that has the spirit of Antichrist, you're going to see overconfidence and you're going to see pride and you're going to see arrogance. Um, and this is just another thing that we've got to, we've got to keep our eyes, <clears throat> keep our eyes on, remain watchful. So I really believe that, just like John said, there are, there are many forms of the Antichrist here today. Um, there's many forms of the Antichrist that we're going to be fighting. Um, gosh, I mean, probably all of us in the room have access to the internet in one way or the other. Guarantee you the spirit of Antichrist is all over the internet. <laughs> there's just so many different things that are opposing Christ. That's all it is. The Antichrist is opposing Christ. So um, just like being able to uh, avoid the love of the world. We've got to avoid the, anti, the spirit of the Antichrist and really keep ourselves focused and balanced. And that's really, I think, one of the big secrets to life is just being able to find, find balance in life. So even what we talked about earlier with, with the world and the mindset of the world, um, we, can't, we can't remove ourselves from the world, but um, we've got to find the way to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. So John actually, at the end of this section here, he says it a couple different times, but you probably heard the word abide. But John says, let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. And then remember the first part, he says, he whoever does the will of God abides forever. So um, I want to, as we come to a close here, kind of unpack this thought and this idea of abiding in Christ. Because that's, yeah, that's literally the last three words, abide in him. So that word abide in the Greek is meno, or menyo maybe, menyo. Um, in simple terms, it means to remain in the same place or position over a period of time. It means to reside, to stay, to live, to lodge, to tarry, to dwell. Menyo describes something that remains where it is, continues in a fixed state, or endures Menyo can mean to take up permanent residence or to make yourself at home. Menyo is the root of the Greek noun, mone, which means mansion or habitation. And I kind of think of that word abide um, <clears throat> as kind of expectantly waiting in a, in a place, right? Staying, staying like if, uh, let's say, you know, have you ever been the first one to a lunch meeting or something and maybe you're 15 minutes early and you go, Sit at, sit at the table and you eh, text them, I got a table to the right or whatever. You're, you're, you're expectantly waiting, right? You're, you're staying there and you're expecting and you're waiting for this, this uh, meeting to come about. And I, I, that's how I kind of foresee this, that we um, were called to abide in Jesus, abide in God and wait expectantly on him, right? Um, and just like the verse Pastor Roger shared, be still and know that I am God. Um, and you know what's interesting about this word, Menyo um, is uh, where I find the, the best connection and the best illustration 
is also in something that John wrote about when Jesus was talking about he is the true vine. It's the same word in John 15, verse 5. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. So we abide in Christ. And that visualization of of a branch connected to a vine is so good because all of us have seen um, a tree that maybe um, a branch falls off or gets disconnected or whatever. And what does it do? Like I got a lot of pine trees in my backyard. And when the, you know, when they're connected to the tree, the pine straw is nice and green most of the time. Sometimes I guess it gets brown, but whenever a pine, a pine branch falls, it just, you know, you can almost crumble it. It gets so frail and so broken. Um, and that's the same thing. So one thing to be alert of and to know is that <clears throat> as believers, yes, we have our salvation, but it is possible still when you're saved to be disconnected from God. Just like it's talking about, you know, it's a constant thing. So um, as I was thinking about how can we abide in Christ, I just had three words. I don't think this went on your outline, but you can, if you got a pen, you can put it on there. Um, how can we abide in Christ? Daily strong effort. Daily strong effort. Every day, okay? Um, because as I said before, it's, it's easy to slide. It's easy to slip. It's easy to drift away from God. Um, but daily we must remind ourselves to abide in Christ. And when you do that, I'm telling you, you're going to begin to see just amazing things happen in your life. So <clears throat> you're going to encounter difficulties. We all know that. Um, the Bible even says that. We're going we're to go through tough times. We're going to go through challenges. But when we're abiding in Christ and when we're remaining in him, um, he, he equips us to handle situations. Over the last month and a half or so, I've had some situations that I've had to deal with that in the natural felt impossible. In the natural felt really difficult. Um, basically just conversations that I had to have that I felt were just, ah, I don't want to do this. You know, <laughs> I wish that someone else would do this, but it's my responsibility. I know I got to do this. Um, and it's been amazing truly that God has worked these situations out for his good, and I truly was able to surrender them to him. I was abiding in him, and he literally took control and took over. He, he did equip me to say some things. Of course, I had to, had to have the confrontations, but um, I'm telling you, it's just amazing to see, see God work, and I promise you that as you do abide in him, just like John said, as we abide in him, we're going to be able to overcome the world. We're going to be able to overcome any spirit of antichrist that we may encounter. So um, just really be thinking about that this week. How can I abide more in Christ? How can I draw near to him? How can I remain in him? So um, worship team, y'all can come on up and we're gonna, we're gonna work towards a close. But um, <clears throat> it's pretty, pretty awesome uh, that God gave us this, this book of 1 John. And it, um, what I, uh, I think is so cool that we're, uh, so John wrote this to believers um, after, of course, um, Jesus had gone to, gone to heaven. And really, we're doing the same thing that they were doing back then, right? Uh, we're reading the letter of John. He wrote it to the churches. I'm sure uh, any church leaders in that day were reading these scriptures and talking about how it applies to their lives. And now here we are, however many 2,000 years later, and we're doing the same thing. And that just neat? I don't know. That, that concept um, to me is really cool. But... <clears throat> Um, let's find ways to abide in him. And so today um, I really felt, felt inspired to um, talk to those in the room who 
two, two different types of people, whether you, maybe you have, have never accepted Christ as your Savior, ex- given your life fully to God, um, and those who have given their life to God, but maybe feel disconnected, as I talked about a little, just a few minutes ago, where we can be disconnected and we can um, come, come away from the true vine. I just wanna pray um, that every person in this room and every person online today would be sure of your eternal salvation um, because it's, we never know. Um, we never know the day that Jesus is either gonna come back or we never know the day that um, we're gonna be taken up to be with him. So we really do need to, um, to be sure. So um, let's go to the Lord in prayer and uh, just really, again, honestly assess where you're at with God. And so Father God, I come before you right now and I just <clears throat> lift up my friends to you right now in this room and everybody online, Lord, that um, we truly would be able to uh, feel your presence and to understand what it means to abide in you, Lord. I pray for those who have never abided in you, God, that you would just really give us the strength it takes to commit our lives to you fully, um, not just on a surface level, but deep, deep commitment to you, Lord. And even those who are here today who do know you as their Lord and Savior, but we just feel maybe disconnected in some way, God, I just pray that we would walk out of this room uh, confident and sure in who we are. So let's all pray this together. Dear Jesus, I need you in my life. Come into my life and change me from the inside out. Forgive me of all my sins. Make me new again. In Jesus' name, amen. And and guys, it's, it's so awesome that the way that Jesus set everything up and God set everything up is that at any moment in, in our walks, at any moment in, in the challenges that come, we can always turn back to him and always return to him. Thanks for hanging out with us at Generation. You can connect with us on Facebook or Instagram at Generation Pensacola or go to the website at generationpensacola.com and from wherever you download your podcasts. If today's teaching impacted you, We'd love to hear about it, so please drop us a note.